Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, a unique kind of wrestling and the best nuts. They want to be overpowered by a strong, perhaps muscular woman using some elements of martial arts skills. And some people, they just want it. They just want to feel it a little bit. But then other people that you are like, you're really putting them in a lot of pain, especially and this is any men listening, especially for the ball-busting clients. He wanted me to run over his penis with my car. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Our first guest is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. There's no other way to put it. So let's get right to her. This is session wrestler Miss Scorpion. What is session wrestling? I would put us in the wider domination world. And a typical exchange would be somebody coming to see me for an hour and they want to be overpowered by a strong, perhaps muscular woman using some elements of martial arts skills. How did you kind of get into it? I had a good business. Um, I was running a cookery school and catering business, um, but it left me very tied as to where and when I could earn a living. But in the meantime, just for my personal interest, I'd gone on a um, like a dominatrix course just for because. I was like, well, I'm in London. I want to explore like the kink side of things. So I've gone on a dominatrix course with a lady in London called Kim Rubb. And I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is how you spank somebody. This is how you tie somebody up. I thought it was going to be quite generic. And this is how you do things sort of for a home user. Obviously, I really, really, really hadn't read the course material at all. Um, and I got to her and it was really about becoming a pro dom, like a professional dominatrix. It was like a two-hour course. <laughs> in the beginning, I was really like, have my notebook. And I was like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. So I need my name. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. Being a good girl, taking all my notes. And by the end of it, when she was going into like, and these are the sorts of things, sorts of services that different people are offering, I was literally like, jaw on the floor. <laughs> and you're like, I am in way over my head here. It was like certain aspects of it. I was like, this sounds really good. Then others when she was like, okay, yeah. So some people, they offer like fisting as a service or they're doing like water sports or hard sports. And I was just literally like the greenest person on the planet. Like, uh, what's that? You didn't quite know what you were getting signed up for, huh? I was literally like, she must have thought, you, why? <laughs> did you not read what it, this was going to be about? But I was, we talked more. She said, you know, you could be really good at this because I was used to, you know, I'm running my own business. I'm used to dealing uh, with people in like a one-to-one, like consultation aspect. I'm really highly motivated and it would sort of tick the boxes for me regarding what I wanted from a business. Um. So I um, explored the sort of more what I would call the more traditional dominatrix wor- world a little bit. Um, but it wasn't really for me. 
mainly because Nick, it involves wearing high heels a lot. And I really, really, really hate wearing high heels. <laughs> I don't know if you've have you ever worn high heels yourself? I, I have not. I, I have not. You've just try them on one day and you'd be like, oh yeah, okay, couldn't do this professionally. So because of that, you kind of trained, you geared more towards the wrestling side of it then. Yes. And she, um, Kim said, oh, there's this thing called session wrestling. And I was like, oh, what's that? And she explained it to me. Okay, so it's more of like a physical domination. And I trained jujitsu and Thai boxing and boxing in my early 20s. So I was like, oh, it's just jujitsu. She was like, yeah. I was like, right, okay, I can definitely do that. That for me, it's just such a natural fit for me. It's just you just bullying people, which I do used to do for free anyway, like rugby tackle your friends when you're on a night out and things like that. You're just doing it. You're getting paid and you're wearing really, really good outfits that don't involve heels. So like a typical, is it, is it a session? Is that the, the correct word or what word should I use there? Yeah, a session. Yeah. So a typical session, kind of walk me through that. Like what is, how does that go? Okay, let's go for Nick as the newbie as an example. So Nick the newbie gets in touch and he says, I've seen loads of your videos online, but I've never had an in-person session before. I will be in London in two weeks time. Please can I book an appointment with you? And I'm like, yes, of course you can. You've already, uh, you've already got in touch with a really kind of nice, polite email, which is very important if there's any guys listening who are thinking about sessioning the initial email, very important. So um, I would go back and say, okay, um, the specifics. So, okay, you've watched some videos. Were there things, some things in that video that you really liked that you want to try? So you might say, oh, um, I really like, uh, like legs and feet. I'd really like to try what we call like these things called head scissors, where you're basically getting your neck crushed by some nice firm legs um very popular in my world they want to feel like my feet on their face and be forced in what are the little abbreviation marks be forced quote unquote to like worship my feet to like kiss my feet and things like this so we'll already have before the session starts I'll have an idea of what you want to try so and then you might have a, an outfit request I um so lots of the people that come to me like uh shiny pantyhose you guys would call it in America tights for us so I will um within reason fulfill an outfit request um my best outfit request ever has been to dress as Peter Pan That's really interesting that's a good one though right I think in, in the American market, there's lots more cosplay requests. The, in the UK and Europe, it's, they're not so much about the the outfit. Yeah, so when I got the Peter Pan request, I was like, oh, this guy's really thought about this. This is good. <laughs> Did you do the hat and everything? Everything. He ordered the outfit for me and brought the outfit. I was had top to toe in green felt. That is a strong look. It's a strong look. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I haven't had to wear it for anything else yet, but you never know. <laughs> so now, is it? Do you just tackle them? Like, are you wrestling back and forth for control necessarily? <laughs> like as soon as they come in the door. Um. So, in the session wrestling world, there's sort of different degrees of how intense your exchange will be. So what are the main categories? Our main categories are like a fantasy session. Nick the newbie might be like, I'm not going to resist at all. I just want the the fantasy of maybe you want me to wear my uh, jujitsu uniform. That's a popular request as well, for, especially for someone that's into feet. Um, so I'd be wearing my like jujitsu gi and um, you would offer any resistance at all. I would just put you in positions. I'll be putting my feet on your face and that's, uh, a level that some people are really interested in they don't want to feel any pain they just want this real fantasy this this feeling of domination but it's very much more uh emotional um and then after that you would go to semi-competitive where for me the rules for that are um you can you will actively defend yourself but you don't try and put any moves on me 
very often um, when I'm uh, sessioning with people, they don't have any martial arts experience. So for them to try and put submissions on me is actually really, really dangerous because they don't know uh, how like joints operate properly and what is the correct amount of like, okay, we start off with gentle pressure and then gradually increase. Um, so generally semi-competitive is the level that I would I would allow a new person to wrestle at because it's much much safer and that's so the the next option after that is like a fully competitive session where you could put a tax on me as well um but that's where you're most likely to get injured like I've had a few injuries when I've allowed people to do competitive sessions so I generally don't take competitive sessions anymore in a competitive session is it really like you and another person potentially really like trying to wrestle each other or is it still kind of like yeah i'm trying but i'm not really trying all the people that session wrestle they know like someone comes in and you just see it in their eyes that they're like this is like the ufc to them and they are gonna go for it and you just think oh i'm gonna have to like you give them the talk at the beginning and it's normally someone that's new and you say listen you know this is a fantasy scenario we don't want anyone to get hurt. Yes, we want to have like a really physical session, but just like breathe. But you get into it and you can tell, especially if they're new, they're so hyped. They've watched so many videos for so many years and they're really, really hyped. And then you just have to say, look, whoa, like time out. Like you need to, you need to relax. I've had people like, I had a guy and I had, I was, I had his back and I had him down on the, like he was face down on the floor and he just, he was like a power lifter. He came up and he, I was still on his back and he slammed me onto the floor with him on top of me. Did that to me like three times. And I was just like, okay, you damaged my shoulder. Thanks. Yeah. That was the last competitive session I ever did. Actually, that was about two years ago. I was just like, nah, I, I don't need to do this. The most annoying thing is like the flying elbow to the teeth. It's not ideal. Now, when you when you kind of do the wrestling moves, are we talking about like college wrestling, like Olympic wrestling kind of stuff? Or are we talking like WWE off the top rope kind of wrestling? Good question. Um, this again, it depends on the person. So I um, I have training. I have some training in what you would call your college wrestling over here we would be called like our greco-roman or something or freestyle um and i have some brazilian jiu-jitsu training so that's more your submissions like and like people have watched the ufc they've seen like a rear naked choke or an arm bar or something like that um but i also have some pro wrestling training as well and in the fetish world there's uh particular moves which people really like um, and they're probably the more like old school moves. Like, did you watch any pro wrestling when you were younger? Uh-huh. Did you watch like the Iron Sheik? And he was like um, with the camel clutch. I The camel clutch is familiar, right? That's the one where like the person is on the ground and you've got their chin and their arms are like on your knees or something yes. like that. Yes, exactly. Okay. So that's a really popular one. People like things where they're bodies stretched out or you grapevine them and like split their legs it's anything where they're in some sort of like tortured agony um yeah because um quite a lot of my clients will be like a masochist as well so they'll quite like some pain element to it for those kind of clients like on a scale of one to ten ten being the highest one being the lowest how yeah. much would you say that you're necessarily hurting them Again, it depends on the person. Some people they just want it; they just want to feel it a little bit. But then other people that you are like, you're really putting them in a lot of pain, especially. And this is any men listening, especially for the ball busting clients. There's 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 a lot of pain being dished out there, and even sometimes I'm thinking, "Wow, you can really take it." So you're really kind of getting after it. Oh yeah, I've had like people a, a guy on all fours and like soccer kicked him to the nuts. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. So look, we don't that would be a request. This this is something that our personal views on this podcast is whatever you want to do, you're not hurting anybody against their will. However you get down is however however you get down. 
and I, I think the thing that stands out to me is I'm not, are they, are your clients deriving pleasure from the pain or from the, the domination? Like what is it that keeps them coming back? Are we talking specifically about the bull busting guys or just them in general? Or well, the, the clients in general, the ball busting is something that I have not heard of before. So I'm, I'm curious really? about that, but not, I always, I mean, I've seen things. I didn't think it was one of those things that like, oh, people actually did that. And again, like however you get down is however you get down. I, I guess I don't, I don't quite understand it. They're just looking for the pain of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, they wouldn't be, it's the pain and then it's the, they'll have specifics about who is administering the pain as well. So I think if like um, a big hairy man offered to kick them in the balls, it wouldn't be quite the same as like a, what they they perceive to be like a, a hot woman. Ah, is, is that a, a common request? Um, I'd say maybe like one in 20. 120 but I do make ball busting videos and they are very popular I think the fantasy of the ball busting is a lot more popular than the actual reality of it it's like because I guess that's a, a, a big thing it's like when when they say oh, a woman has you by the balls that is like a uh, it, it really means every single man knows what that means right you're you are in total control of your most prized possession yes exactly can you like from a physical standpoint i don't know what words to use here necessarily so give me like some leeway on this um <laughs> this you're entertaining i think are, i know what you're gonna ask are, are you a, are you a are you a bigger woman like are you physically imposing like do you do you look more or is it more that you look like you could really do something or can you really do something right in terms of like dominating <laughs> you're asking if i'm mad hench <laughs> um i'm well for the my well i'm five foot seven and i weigh about 70 kilos which is probably like 150 pounds um i'm probably I know, I guess some people would look at me and think I'm physically imposing. I have pretty hefty thighs, I like 25-inch thighs. Um, I, in the summer, I have a six-pack. Not now because it's cold and I like eating chocolate cake when it's cold. Um, yeah, I'm reasonably buff, but also I'm, I'm really trained in martial arts. So my favorite thing is guys, they'll come. There's like a guy, I'll never forget, it was when um, I was working in Switzerland one time. He was this young, like kind of cocky French guy. He was about 25. And he was like in his, in the email, you can always tell in the email if they can be a bit cocky. So I'd be like, I'm very fit. I, I play football like four times a week and I go to the gym. And, uh, you know, you can tell in between the lines they're saying, so I'll kind of let yeah. you beat me. And I was like, okay, all right. And then um, we get into the session and it always happens like about, so I have like a bit of a, um, uh, I like to start a session in a certain way with a guy like that. So I like to score the first point really, really quickly, like literally within 30 seconds. And you can tell they're like, oh my God, I, they thought they were going to have to like, let me score a point, but I'll just really like stick it to them early on. And then the next point I like to really kind of make them suffer so I'll have them pinned down in a really awkward position and maybe they'll think they can get out but I'll just keep them there and really tie them out for about five minutes and then I'll like maybe shit talk them a little bit and then I'll put the submission on a bit and then I'll see they're about to tap so I'll let it off a little bit and I'll put it on I'll let it off and I'll let it off until they're like begging and then I'll like I'll score my second point and then you just see their eyes just this look that they're just like oh fuck <laughs> good for you good for you yeah like, you fuck can see they're just like oh no and they and then they always say the same thing they're like i thought all the videos were fake and i'm like i see that in your face and now you've got another 55 minutes and i'm gonna fuck you up <laughs> and like I, 
So I'm probably would be one of those guys where I'd be like, all right, sure. Right. Cause men are just naturally, we're used to being bigger well, and generally I'm a guy stronger. And you're a woman. Right. So, we're, we yeah. are definitely like that. And I don't know if I was yes. in there, I'd be like, oh my God, she's fucking me up. Okay. I'll, I'll just kind of ask this directly then necessarily. Like if it's a sexual thing, how do they, where are they getting the release? Like, are you doing that? Are they going home and doing that? Do you have a, like a side room they go do that or how does that kind of work um that is in my presence there is no release whatsoever what i'm sure the very second they step in their house they're doing whatever they need to do but no i do not i remember someone emailed me and they were like oh um so I'd like to uh, wrestle with you. And then after you've beaten me, could you like get me off? And I was like, listen, mister, I will beat you. But if anyone's going to get off after I win, it will be me. <laughs> I win. I get what I want. However, I will do whatever I want in my own private time. You are just getting beaten and then hoofed out the door. Is that is that your personal um code so to speak or is that kind of common throughout the industry or do different different wrestlers do do it differently like some might engage in that everyone's totally different yeah everyone's totally different like for example um that is one thing i really really love about working the fetish industry because the like the the options for what you can offer are gigantic and you can literally just pick and choose. So for example, I used to offer competitive wrestling, which very few wrestlers do. So that was like something unusual that I did. And then I have some experience with bondage wrestling where you're like wrestling and then you tie the other person, actively tie them up as you're going, which is something that other people wouldn't do. But then other people might do more stuff in what I would call like the sexy end of things. Um, So and then maybe they do like strap on and stuff as well, which is something I'm just like, no nudity. Anything that involves clothes on, I will consider. I might still say no to some requests. Um, but that is my like big limit is the the nudity. Was that always the case or was that something that developed later on? Um, no, that's always been my limit when it comes to me doing this work like I really really love it um and it's always been this for me is just a really natural boundary that is makes it very very enjoyable for me like I know that anybody could walk through my door and I could have a session with them but if there was like oh what about if it was like slightly sexier I would be like oh well not him and not him and not him and not you either and yeah not him either so that just makes it it is, nah, nah, I don't want to do that professionally. How do you kind of protect your safety? Like, are you doing this out of your house? So I either session from, I have a studio in London or I session when I'm like touring, which could be in Europe or the US or further afield. I get deposits from people, which will be, um, so that's traceable, you know, like an electronic payment is traceable. And then I have like, other screening processes as well during your initial email phase. Have you ever had somebody show up and then you just been, nope, uh, nope, sorry. I had, I think I've only ever had, I had one guy turn up and um, his personal hygiene was really bad. And even though, so when he arrived, I said to him, okay, so there's a the shower in you go. And I heard the shower go on, but he came out and his personal hygiene was still really bad. And I was like, oh, bit of a tricky one really because I I looked at his skin and I thought oh maybe he has some sort of like medical condition because some people um especially if you do jiu-jitsu you know that some people people smell different however I was okay because for that session he'd request that I wear a cat suit so I knew we wouldn't have any skin on skin contact and he'd also requested to get tied up so I just tied him up really quickly and sort of like darted around the place so I, I didn't have to have any um any contact now, how much, what are your rates essentially? Like how much does somebody charge for this? Um, do you want my rate in euros, shekels, pounds, dollars? Well, as an American, I am solely, 
I am ignorant of anything else going on. <laughs> As an American, I am um, ignorant of any other thing in the world. <laughs> so I guess dollar. Just that that sentence ends there. Um, the the my dollar rate, I think at the moment is three seven five an hour. So that would be in pounds. You're about two fifty, maybe two sixty. So this can this can be a pretty comfortable full time living, I would assume. You have to work hard at it because it's there's uh, quite a lot of people doing it now, and you can't just. I can't expect to sit in London and like if maybe if I'm in London for a month, I'll I'll have maybe maybe ten hours of clients in a month, but I'll be in London to film. So that's like my main income is the filming. Um, are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Oh yeah, definitely. What is your typical client like? Oh, there's really, I think there's, I think there's a bit of a, a myth around the type of man that goes to see a dominatrix or, you know, somebody like me who's in the domination world. My clients, I, I won't see anyone under the age of 21. So my clients age from 21 up to the oldest person I've ever seen, which was arranged for me by somebody else, was 75. I didn't realize he was going to be 75. I got there and he was 75. And I thought, damn, I do not want a session with you again because I was worried that he was going to like die. If they if they fit a certain professional kind of model, like are they usually more? No, no, there's no particular socioeconomic grouping. You will see slightly more people who have got slightly more money just because of, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a luxury service. But um, I've had someone come to see me that worked as a um, like a pot washer in a kitchen. He would just save up and he would have like one session a year. What is your fate? Do you have a finishing move? And if so, what is your favorite? Ooh, okay. Um, good question. Um, my favorite move is the rear naked choke with the body triangle. Like it's my ultimate favorite because you're like crushing their ribs and then you're like crushing their neck as well. And you're in such a dominant position when you're on their back too. It's really, really good. I used to use that. Um, I remember um, when I was training jiu-jitsu at, my, at the gym in London and I, this is me and this guy, we're about the same standard, this, this, um, this French guy. We're both blue belts and so we'd always have like a pretty good like ding-dong match and um, we were rolling but uh, the other people in the class were like watching us and I caught him in this move and you could tell he didn't want to tap and he was making <laughs> funniest noises for like a minute like, and eventually he tapped but he said a really funny comment he was like oh I feel like uh, I feel like that's my terrible French accent I felt like a uh, James Bond when it, I think it's Xenia on a top like crushes him to death I don't know if you remember do you remember the scene but I couldn't stop laughing because in the session wrestling world that is like a scene that got a lot of guys into session wrestling because it was like they saw this like sexy, powerful woman like crush this guy, and they were like, "God damn, that is like that's what I like." I've just seen what I like on film. I I would imagine it's kind of a world where people would be like, "I did not know that about myself." Yeah, and I think it's like suddenly you saw something, and you were like, "Oh, oh, hold on a minute, this is." I've had these feelings, like especially when because lots of people who were like kinky that they that they, these feelings have been coming up from when they were very very young. So you kind of had these feelings, but you can't you, you can't really like put your finger on it. And then suddenly you've watched a movie or you've read a comic or something and you're like, oh, that is that. Are your clients, are they shy about it? Uh, I'll give you some examples. So so one guy, um, he really, really loved pro wrestling. And so I would meet him at like a pro wrestling ring and I would wear like the shiny wrestling boots and the shiny tights and the shiny leotard. And we do some of like the, like the camel clutch and things like that. Some of the pro wrestling moves that we discussed. Um, and um, I always like to like chat to people afterwards. I was chatting to him and uh, one of the things he said, he was like, Oh God, I like really, really enjoy this, but I, I'd be so, so ashamed if my friends found out what I was doing. And I was like, uh, you'd be ashamed if your friends found out you like, rolling around with a hot woman in a sexy outfit. And <laughs> he was like, 
oh, uh, well, when you put it like that, it doesn't sound quite so bad. I was like, exactly. I've never understood the social stigma around people's various kind of kinks. Like everybody's got something. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think there's um, there's there's so much there's so much shame and stigma around desire. Um, yeah, it makes it really hard for people. I know, like a, a guy that I dated like a little while back. He was really, um, really, really, really submissive, and he'd grown up in this like tiny little town in Devon. And he was literally like, this was before the internet, and he's literally like, I'm the only person in the world that's like this, you know, especially when we're in such like a male dominated society. Like, he would have been growing up in like the late, uh, mid, mid to late 70s. And to be, to say, oh, I want a woman to be in charge, <laughs> you're like, well, what's wrong with you? I would imagine, can it be therapeutic for people? Yeah, he ended up having some like massive addiction problems because of um because of these desires and him literally being like I'm the only person on the planet, there must be something wrong with me. And then he went through a lot of therapy and he was like, "Oh, it's okay. I'm submissive. This is this is all right." Obviously, it's a slightly longer process than that. But um yeah, hugely cathartic for him. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, but sadly, there is still a lot of shame around for people. For some, some of my clients, I'm like, I'm sure it's the same for other session wrestlers I know, and dominatrixes and other fetish providers will be the only people that our clients will, will really speak to about their desires. Most frequent request, most interesting request. Um, most frequent request, I'd say it's definitely like the scissor hold thing. So it's just wanting to feel like the power of the the killer thighs. Yeah. So maybe they want to feel like your legs like crushing their ribs or their neck. And yeah. Scissor holds. Google it. Um, and then most interesting request was the second one. Yes. Yes. Um, does this mean most interesting request that I have fulfilled? Um, let's go with one that fulfilled because you get like you get loads of like requests that you're like ooh that's a bit kooky but then you think mm, you're probably a time waster so yeah some of just... them are like madness yeah like I'm... the man I'll give you the, okay I'll give you one which was definitely a time waster but hilarious um he wanted me to um he wanted me to run over his penis with my car which <laughs> is uh, when you really think about it I was like well how are you gonna do that like I'm assuming he's a an, you know even if he's a very well endowed man yeah you'd have gonna, to be. like put that on the edge of the pavement and I'm gonna think or am I gonna have to bury him and then that's just sticking out I didn't reply to his email but I have saved it in the the special folder, which I will be creating my book from. <laughs> yeah, that's logistically. How do you even? You'd have to be. Um, you'd have to be gifted in that regard, I think. Yeah. And also, like, you have to do it in a. You couldn't do it like in public necessarily, at least not without. Yeah, definitely not. A lot yeah. of people wondering. Yes, I was yeah, yeah. I was like, I, th I think logistically that's going to be tricky, so I'm going to say no. Um, yeah. So most interesting request that I have fulfilled, I think. Um, the thing is, once you're in this world for a while, everything becomes like, okay, yeah. So, uh, okay, I get maybe maybe the Peter Pan one because the outfit was really like really cool. Um, I had to be Peter Pan, but I also had to do like Peter Pan impressions. Which I will not do for you now because I haven't, you know, warmed up my voice or anything. <laughs> but I do Peter Pan impressions. Yeah, and he had a real foot fetish. And then he would like, the game was he would try, because I had like the green tights and then like the green felt shoes. He would try and like, we would wrestle and he would try and take my felt shoes off. Oh, that's another one. I've like, I've never quite just, un that was never my thing necessarily was feet. What is that's, your thing? I don't really have one. At least though, that's where I'm kind Everyone's of like, got one, I know. Nick, come on. I want to know what it's going to be. 
Like someday I'm going to find thing, it. But they just think they just think it's normal. So like in British culture in like the 80s and 90s, it was like big tits. Everyone like big tits. And it was like, if you'd said, oh, but that girl's got like a really like, a really she's got a really nice butt, like a nice big butt. People have been like, mm, but we're really like a big tits culture here. So you're a bit strange. And if you'd said, oh, I think she's got really nice big feet. Everyone would have been like, whoa, uh, are you okay? <laughs> um, but I think it's now becoming accepted. And also in the 80s, if you'd said, oh, I like that girl. She's really muscly. People have been like, mm, are you okay? Um, but now CrossFit and everyone's like, damn, that girl is like buff. She's so sexy. Isn't it strange how things change like that, right? So Nick, that is your homework to fight, work out what your thing is. I, I've look. Someday I'll have a thing of like I did not know that about myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, is this a growing or shrinking industry? Kink in general is becoming more acceptable. Like we're kind of discussing. Like I think I was having this conversation like thirty years ago. People have been like, "Oh my god, I heard the craziest, craziest thing," and now people would be like, "Oh, a session wrestler. This is interesting." Oh, I was talking. I I have another friend who's a sex worker. She's a cam girl. It's like people are becoming a lot more open. So I think there'll be more people who perhaps would have kept it as like their dirty little secret will now be uh, getting like brave enough to explore it. That's really all the questions I got. Do you have anything? Anything you think we missed, or what's coming up next for you? How can people get a hold of you? Because at the moment the Corona situation in the UK is really really bad. So I'm just sort of sitting it out. So maybe I'll go back in session in May. But in the meantime, um, I'm making films again. So I'm back filming and I'll just do that until until I can go back sessioning again. Filming's the bigger part of my business anyway. I'd say that's maybe 70% of my income. I want to thank Miss Scorpion for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Instagram and Twitter, and we have also included her information in this episode description. Okay, now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw for our first ever video chat. I'm glad that this is our first podcast that we've ever done on camera, so I can see your face when I ask you this question. Do you have any sexual secrets from your wife? Like anything that anything that you're you don't have to say what it is, but anything that'd be like, I'd like to do that or I'm into that that you won't talk about with either your wife or a, any previous significant others. Uh I mean I guess so, yes. I guess so. But I, I would say anything that I, I I wanted to do with with my wife. We we've talked about. It's just some of those things uh from Prior experiences, I haven't wanted to do certain things that you know a person's not going to do. I even bring it up, right? Because it's not going to matter. They're going to shoot it down anyways. Oh, okay. So you mean with like your current wife? Not that you were married before, but there's something that you would be interested in doing, but you haven't brought it up simply because you thought she would shoot it down right away. Oh, it's not that I. It's not that I think. I know it would be shot down right away. Again, without saying what it is, unless you want to say what it is, because I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like, there's some stuff that I'd like to do, but I'm not even going to bother bringing it up because I know, I'm like, that's a hard no. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it just comes with the territory, I, I suppose. I mean, I knew this marrying her that it was these things were never going to happen. So, okay, on a scale of one to ten, like one being I want to try missionary, and ten being like. I want to bring in like 20 people and go to the top of the Eiffel tower. That's a 10. Like, where do you think that these desires of yours would, would, would be probably middle of the road. I mean, probably five from four to a seven, probably. Okay. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but some things out of the ordinary, but you know, do you think though that you will ever bring it up? Mm. I mean, I have a couple of times. Uh, however, uh, you know, bringing that up, uh, it's just it, it's shot down right away. So was was it well received? Was it like she thought about it? Was it just immediate like hard no? 
or did she like did she think about it or was it like mm, that ain't happening ah uh, there was no thought it was an immediate no i mean you know and i don't want to i don't want to say what what those thoughts were but they were nothing to the extreme like nothing that's out of out of the realm of possibility of just you know uh, maybe actually doing it. it's nothing you know crazy it's just just the you know it's a no for my wife so okay the the reason that i ask is because this week's guest specializes in in ball busting in which <laughs> and look if that's if that's what you're into man that's fine that's that's fine but i just couldn't imagine like if i walked up to my wife and like look tonight i want you to just kick me right there like I don't even know how that conversation would go over. Could you get yourself to be like, "Look, honey, I'd really like you to do this." I mean, maybe if I was like that dead set on it, like you know, hey, hey, honey, like this would make my whatever my sexual dreams come true if you did this. Then she might uh, go along, but probably only if it was like me, like nothing involving her receiving any 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 kind of anything if that makes any sense like if i was the only one receiving it if that makes sense i understand that right like my wife probably wouldn't be down for me to do something with her but if it just involved like hey i'll 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 kick if you want to be kicked there i'll kick you there yeah like Like, i can see that i'm gonna take a tire iron and stick it up your butt okay but i'm not gonna do it so would would you go tire iron i feel like that's uh, I feel like no. that's not that's not a start. That's, you want to you want to go like pinky finger when you begin. You don't go straight to tire iron. I'm not I'm not taking it. You know if that's what you prefer, great. But I I don't I don't want to take anything up my my butt. I'm gonna pass. I've, I've heard from several straight men. They say that's what they're down for. I just wanted to see if you would what kind of reaction you would have necessarily. Uh, well, okay. Are you ready? Are we, are we? Is that it? Are we moving on already? I feel like that's probably enough. Of this type of conversation before we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah, let's uh, let's just move on. I'm not used to having the screen up, so usually I have multiple screens and I just click through. But I'm oh, fancy I'm, pants. No, I'm gonna try to like just look at my phone and do God. this, so I don't, so I don't like. This is you're you're a grown man. This isn't that difficult to look at a camera and also consult notes at the same time, right? You should be able to handle this. It's quite hard. I'm I don't get paid, or well. I, you used to get paid to do this for a living on the television. There's a reason why I don't do this for a living. It, it is interesting from my former profession to watch people and how like difficult it is just to be able to see themselves while talking. Because me, for, I'm like completely used to it. I mean, during the pandemic, I've probably done more Zoom calls than I can even recount. And I still think I get a little shy every time just because you don't want to see this mug. You know, you don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Do you ever, do you ever just go camera off? Some, sometimes, but (laughs) I don't know if I should admit this, uh, especially at a video chat. Uh, but usually it's camera off when it's a meeting or, or some kind of consultation where you're just like, why am I here? You can generally tell that if somebody has their camera off, they're not paying any attention to this meeting. They're basically saying, I don't need to be here and I'm not going to have any involvement whatsoever. (laughs) A thousand percent. All right, well let's give uh, let's give some shout outs here, shall we? And now you can see me struggle through the names. God, I, I, I just to... can't I can't wait to see all the spit that's going to come flying out of your mouth. <laughs> let me uh, let me get another drink of my beverage here. How is it? It's fantastic. It's an IPA, which is my favorite kind, as we've discussed. It's uh, uh it's actually a brewery. I don't know why I should oh, give spots, but it's a brewery out of Chicago, so. Revolution. Oh wow! Brewery. So you're wearing a Detroit Lions hat and drinking a beer out of Chicago. It's actually a Tigers hat, but it's fine. Uh, oh okay. Well, I don't know how why you wouldn't represent any Detroit team. It's an embarrassment for the whole city, all of them. Oh boy. Uh all right. Let's move on here. All right. Well, let's give some shout outs. Uh, we'll start with Josh. Uh, appreciate you, Zombre Concept. Not entirely sure what that means, but we'll move on. Uh, Vern, Dylan, Oppie. Lorena. Man, your whole background is decorated in the same color scheme, too. It's all red and white. How long has that been up? So we're recording this two days before Valentine's Day. How long have you had a red and white Valentine's Day theme in your house? Uh, probably since last Wednesday, so about a week and a half. That's too much preparation for Valentine's Day. 
I got week I got of. You can only decorate for Valentine's Day week of. Christmas gets the most preparation. Then Halloween. Then Thanksgiving. I think Easter goes above Thanksgiving. I wouldn't agree with you, but I wouldn't disagree with you. And then I would probably go 4th of July. Like, no, 4th of July is actually day of. You don't see anybody starting to do stuff on July 3rd. It's only July 4th. Don't you sleep on July 4th, though. It's an underrated holiday. Probably because I've always worked had jobs where I worked on it, so I've never cared about it. And specifically in jobs where working at that place as a lifeguard, like the 4th of July is miserable. It's always awful. Anyways, I'm moving on I let, here. I let, uh, I let two kids drown. <laughs> do you want to no, elaborate? Dude, that's, not, that's not true. They weren't kids. They were adults. <laughs> and they were wasted. Um, all right. Well, we left off on Lorena. Uh, appreciate you. Kristen Malinsky, uh, Crochet Robot, uh, Peter, Steve Duran, Phil, Joe Papp, and June D. Appreciate all of you uh, checking us out this week. Peter is the least serious name. Remember that show Pete and Pete from back in the day? No, I do okay. remember Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, let's see here. Speaking of TV shows, one of the questions I have for you, uh, if you had to have one forever, streaming services or cable, which one are you going with? Streaming services, dude. That's a ridiculous question. You're going to pick cable? Cable is going to go up infinitely, and the only option with cable is to pay more money for less stuff. This is a this is a question. I guess I'll ask a second question to you. When does Netflix or Hulu or one of these streaming services come out with their own modem to compete with, you know, Comcast and AT&T? Because once they do that, it's kind of game over, right? I mean, they're going to be at the same level as all these big companies. That That's the only reason why you have Comcast, right, is for the Internet. Or AT&T. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you were yeah. talking about like a specific modem. I was like, no, no. That like it changed. Change like an anything? internet modem. Like when does Disney Plus come out and say like, hey, you can get internet and our service for like 38 bucks a month. Well, then cable's done. But I think that that won't ever happen just because like they are utilities. You can only have so many and like you can't have all these different competing ones i don't think that would happen because the infrastructure would be too expensive and those other companies already have the infrastructure that's my guess well that that sounded actually quite uh, you know seeing you on camera you actually look like you know what you're talking about do you think um, okay which one of us looks smarter than they are which one of us looks dumber than they really are oh i'm i'm the one that looks dumber yeah. I'm sure. a thousand percent. yeah but you know, I I can't help that. You know, I can't, I can't help the way I look. You can and there's nothing you can. Even if you lost a bunch of weight, and like, yeah, you just it's just your general facial structure. I mean, I've lost uh, I've lost probably nine real pounds the last week and a half. But I'm not going to lose it here ever. It just doesn't happen. No, that's fine. Whatever. It, it Have you fun. ever signed up for a streaming service specifically for one show? I actually just did the for, for a free th well for a free thirty day trial, but we just did it. Um, it was Showtime for Shameless, the American version or the other version. The American version with um, oh my god, of course I forget wow. his name. William H Macy. I don't even William watch the show. Macy. I know that. That's a waste. It's, a, it's not it's a, a good show. It's a fantastic show. Uh, it's okay. All of us Somewhere. poor kids. That's kind of how we grew up. All right, you would understand that, but you're from middle of the road Kansas, so you don't understand what it's like growing up. You know, in the middle of an urban area where they're you're poor oh. and anyways. All right. Um, here we go. Here. You done with your sob story? You have enough Kleenexes right next to you? I I got you know, I got a beer here actually. Cheers, everyone. Hopefully you join me and you know drink with me. Right. I'm not promoting alcoholism, by the way. Uh even though I've killed my liver twice. All right, moving on. Uh literally that's not a joke. He actually has killed his liver twice. <laughs> I have. You were there uh the morning after one of the times, I think. Uh yeah. All right, uh, which which flavor of chip are you most likely to try? Mm. Cucumber, pickle, sloppy joe, or one that's called just the crab? Well, not just the crab, unless I'm high. And then I'd be like, well, let's find out what that's all about. I would probably like try it and legitimately try it because I think I would like it or try it just as an experience. I guess uh, I guess try it to because you think you might actually like it. Probably pickle. Yeah, I would say pickle chips are actually pretty good. 
Right. I don't have any pickles. Is it pretty good? Also, pickle juice when you're coming home from a night of drinking and want to try to hide that is a fantastic way to try to hide the fact that you've been drinking. It's just I used to do that, like take a big swig of pickle juice. Oh, it overpowers everything. They couldn't smell the alcohol on you. <laughs> uh, and then I told I'm going to get you at one point here with MLB with oh, Major God. League Baseball. Which sport won't be around in 25 years? Baseball. Na- NASCAR or baseball? Baseball. Baseball will eventually have to be propped up by the government. Like there's going to have to be a law passed because it's America's pastime and it's going to have to be propped up. NASCAR's NASCAR's look, I don't like NASCAR. It's not my particular thing. I don't know any of the racers, racers, but I'll put on a NASCAR race just because of the sheer production value. Like it's entertaining to watch. Baseball is not entertaining to watch. I will say that, and and I know you don't care, maybe our, our viewers don't care, but NASCAR, this is going to be the biggest year for them. I'm putting it out there right now because of the Michael. Why the do Michael, you think that, Daryl Waltrip? The, the, actually, the driver's name is Bubba Waltrip, or Bubba Wallace, not Bubba Waltrip. Bubba Wallace, he's an African-American driver, and he's the driver for the Michael Jordan team. Michael Jordan getting into the game is a is a game changer for NASCAR, I think. Right, but he used to be in motorcycle, and what happened to that? Nobody cares about motorcycle racing. Michael Jordan had a motorcycle racing team, so that didn't change anything. You didn't even know it. So how's that going to change NASCAR? I, I, well, first off, I think if it was motocross, I think it the wasn't. audience. Well, okay, well, whatever it was, I think the audience is probably thirtyfold for NASCAR compared to whatever this motorcycle team was. And I, I think I just think it's good. I think. I actually agree with you. I think if you had to pick a sport that's going to be around in 25 years, I'd probably go NASCAR over baseball, and that breaks my heart. I could care less. All right, moving on. <laughs> I'm done. I'm. I'm. Are you ready for a top five? I, I, I am. I'm. I don't even know what to say. I'm. I'm pretty excited about. I think that this. This is one of those where like you think there's some easy answers, and then you kind of think about it, and there's a lot more. So our top five is top five nuts. What's your top? What's your number five? So I'm just going to say this right off the bat. Number one should be unanimous. We can get to that. But number one should be unanimous. I, I think it should be unanimous, but I think it's a much closer discussion than maybe mm-hmm. people would think at first. I think it's a much, it should still be number one, but the, the gap between one and two is closer, I think. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. What's your number five? Yeah, I don't think it is. But my number five is almonds. Oh, that's my number five too. Wow. I thought about it a lot. I could have, I went back and forth a lot between almond and pecan or pecan. Okay. Yeah. Pecans, whatever. Because do you put almonds in food? Like the only reason I have almond in my number five is because of almond milk. Otherwise I could give a shit less about almonds. So almond milk for sure. Uh, I think I use sliced almonds more than I actually use like total almonds. Or, or a full almonds, sliced uh, almonds like are good on top of salads, some dishes, chicken dishes, things like that. Don't give me that face like, oh, here we go. Is it start talking about cooking First, again? You're not Gordon Ramsay, dude. Don't use the words dishes. And I'm gonna make a nice meal. You know what? I, I, I I'm gonna have some food. Don't try to class it up unless unless you are a chef. You should not be using the word dishes or meals. I don't know if Gordon Ramsay listens to this, but if he does. Sir, you're a terrible chef. He's a great chef. I bet he's actually a really nice guy when he's not trying to be a huge jerk. But don't say the word dish. Like you're over there frying, like you've got your own restaurant. I put it in food. If For those who don't know, if you've listened to this podcast before, I, I, I like to cook. I mean, it is. And Nick always gives me shit uh, for some reason. I got no problem with you liking to cook. What I don't appreciate is when you try to class it up so much, like you're a five-star Michelin chef <laughs> and you're heating up grilled cheese. Uh, <laughs> you got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing because at first I'm like, does Michelin, do they actually give the ratings? And then I'm like, grilled cheese, that's the best he has. But uh, No, that's whatever. French, right? That Michelin is the place that does from France. <laughs> the other one is the tire. I don't. I would assume that the tires and the restaurant rating place are not the same company. And if they are, I'd actually have more respect for them. I would hope not, but, you know, what do, uh, what, what, what do I know? Uh, speaking of, my number four uh, is, is 
pecan, pecan, whatever you want to say. It's uh, it's pecans. Okay. I don't think it's as useful as the almond, but it is a better nut. For sure. Uh, have you ever had candy, candied pecans? Oof, no, delicious. no, dude. I, I respect my body. You like your nut. <laughs> you like your nuts uh, nice and dry, and I like dry over. nuts. I don't want them all moist. Moist nuts are always they're too much in my mouth. I want yeah, nice, yeah. dry, hard nuts in my mouth. All right, I'll take them moist. Uh, my number four is pistachio. Okay, uh, name me something. Name me when you've actually had pistachios other than like pistachio ice cream. Well, I mean, you can eat them by themselves. That's that's where I get the pistachio is an excellent tasting nut, but it just doesn't have very much practicality. Is the problem? Like yeah, it's I, too much work. Every time I've thought about getting pistachios, I've been like, "Oh wow, I gotta have some pistachios," and then I realize how much work it is, and I don't feel like doing that. And oddly, they're uh, they're they're like that green color. Like I I didn't expect that the first time I had them. I was like, "Oh, this is a little weird." It's definitely the most surprising nut. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of surprising nuts out there, but that one will get you. They come in all shapes and sizes, right? You can never know what a nut is going to look like just by looking at the outside. Yeah, you got to really get in, into that nut. And you got to get it. deep in there. All really right. feel uh, them out. <laughs> uh, my number three is cashew. That's ridiculous. The only reason that that's... You're an old man if you put it in the top two. You are no, dude. I, first of all, that's a ridiculous statement to have cashew at number three, only because I think it is a much better nut and could compete for number one. I think cashew could make a strong competition for number one as the best by itself tasting nut. You're gonna tell me you get a. You're gonna honestly tell me that if you get a handful of mixed nuts, you're not gonna pick out the cashews. I mean, depending what's in the mixture, probably not. I would rather have the first two that I put on the list any day over a cashew. Really? Okay. But all right, you get a handful of mixed nuts and you're going to limit yourself. Say you're on a diet. Like I can only have a couple of these. You're not going to pick out the cashews. Uh, Probably not. No, to be honest. What are you going to pick out then? Um, Probably. I mean, hell, hell, I'd go probably the peanuts. I'd probably go. Peanuts are not generally in mixed nuts, and they're not—they're definitely not as pre- prevalent as cashews are. In I guess I would have to ask you, like, what's in the mixture first, and then I can make my determination. Well, there's cashews, and there's all those other nuts that you don't actually know what they are. I mean, I'm going—I'm going after the raisins, to be honest. That's not mixed nuts, dude. Well, trail mix, whatever. I, yeah, I—I I don't know. I, I guess. I guess you've had I, mixed nuts, right? I, you can tell me you've never had multiple nuts in your mouth. <laughs> oh man got him i don't i got don't him. even want to answer that what's your number three macadamia okay i mean i put that on my honorable mention but i can't really recall a time other than like cookies that i've ever just had macadamia nuts but it's dominant it's a dominant flavor once like it's it's a one-off again like it for you to use your treasured baseball's analogy it doesn't get to the plate that much, but when it does, it's a grand slam every time. Wow, look at you with the baseball analogy. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're okay. Like I said, they're on my honorable mention. Nothing nothing too fancy about them. Okay. What's your number uh, What's your number two? So this is the one that, I, personally, I would have it at my number one, but I can't because number one to me is unanimous. But uh, my number two is a walnut. <sighs> Why? <laughs> I mean, they're delicious. They're I, I I'm probably wrong, but I feel like I'm right. They're one of the bigger nuts, uh, so you get more out of eating one per se. You know, you feel like you're actually eating something than just a you know a handful of regular nuts or or pine nuts or whatever. Um, and man, they 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 are delicious on so many things. Like it's from I, cereal I just... to desserts to uh, they're multi. You can use them for multi things. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even put walnuts in my honorable mention. That's I would never have thought of somebody putting walnuts. Like I thought like the, oh what about walnuts? Like no. They're not good at all. 
they're the worst. They're always the worst thing in mixed nuts. They have that awkward shape. They're not that good. You could actually mean. pick them out of a handful of mixed nuts and be like, oh, I got walnuts in this. If no. I got a nice box of mixed nuts, I would try to throw all the walnuts out if I could. Well, if I was next to you, I'd take them from you. I'd take your nuts and eat them. Got them. <laughs> got uh, what's, your no- what's your number two? Cashew, dude. Okay. Come on now. Cashew is so, easily the best flavored nut. The only reason that I have something else, which we obviously, what's your number one? Because we obviously have the same number one. The peanut. Is the peanut. Is the best yeah. nut. Right? I the mean, only, you have to. It's it's too prevalent in everything else, right? I mean, th- there is no other nut that, that can do as much as the peanut. No. Be, you know, uh, it can be spicy. It can be sweet. It can be candied. You know, it can be soft, it can be hard, can be turned into peanut butter, peanut brittle. Peanut butter. Yeah, it dry. It's its own. It's the only nut that is its own industry, really. When you think about it, and, and that is why I also believe it might be the only nut that has its its like own spokesperson. Right. Uh, that, that, that's well, why at the beginning of this, I said that you were debating this, but there is no, there is no close second. As as I've listened to you, the distance gets a little like I would almost put when we started, I would have put peanut is number one, and then I would have put cashew as maybe like one A. Now I feel like no, cashew really is its own number two. But I would say that by itself, cashew is the better tasting nut. Well, I mean, unless we're that uncultured that we've never had, you know other things that have cashews in them or other uses of cashew, which I don't think that's the case. Like I've never had cashew peanut butter or I've never had cashew butter. Right. Or I've never had, you know, uh, spicy cashews. I had cashew ice cream once. It was disgusting. Well, I mean, it was the only ice cream I've ever thrown away. Can you think of another, can you think of an honest time you've never finished ice cream? Not like, Oh my God, I can't eat anymore because I've had so much, but like, I don't want the rest of this small amount of ice cream. You know, the only time that I've actually uh, not eaten the ice cream that I've I've gotten was I got I got sweet tart ice cream. Wow. Uh, and it was it was so incredibly tart. And I just felt like I was eating, you know, flavored sugar every bite. I, uh, I couldn't do it. It was so. too much for you. Hmm. Way too much. My diabetes kicked in. What's uh, what's in your honorable mention? So, uh, there aren't actually a lot of nuts, uh, really to choose from. There's um, a lot of nuts out there, man. Well, there are a lot of nuts. Um, hazelnuts, uh, chestnuts and pine nuts made my honorable mention. I left off pistachios and macadamians, uh, macadamias rather just because I'm just not a big fan. Okay. I'm going to Google list of nuts to see what we missed out on. You give me a yes or a no. Okay. Coconut. Is that a nut? That's not a nut. Why would it not be a nut? Why would you call something a coconut? Is coconut a fruit or is it a nut? Because why would you call a coconut? Why would you have the word nut in there if it wasn't a nut? Coconut's a fruit, man. Coconuts are distinct from other fruits because they're... I guess it's not a nut. You're right. You know what we left off, though, that actually probably should be number one is, is chocolate because chocolate is derived from a nut. Chocolate should have been our number one. Okay, but anyway, going back to this thing. Coconut, we decided that's not a nut. Pistachio, yes or no? I thought chocolate's made from cocoa, which cocoa is not a nut. Is cocoa, cocoa a nut? is a nut. Wow. Learn something every day. It really is actually pronounced like cacao. Cacao. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is. The, the, yep. yep. The, well, it's a bean, not a nut, but whatever. Not a nut. We're wrong on that one, too. Chocolate is made from the seeds of this fruit, so it is not technically a nut. Coconut, while classified as a tree nut by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is not a true nut, but rather a droop. Okay, let's let's move on here. Now that we've established that, chestnut. Uh yes. Cashew. That's on my list, but yes. Oh yeah, yeah. The pine nut. Yes. Walnut. You already mentioned candle nut. Don't know what that is. Sunflower seed, apparently also a nut. 
Ooh. Right. Sunflower Seed is a good, strong honorable mention candidate in my mind. Well, that might have been my number five. I didn't realize that that was a nut. Acorn. Never had an acorn. Can you no. eat acorns? Uh, butternut is apparently a nut. Uh, Ooh. Yes. Nutmeg. It's a delicious spice. Pumpkin seed. No. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. We're also going to start putting the top fives up on our YouTube page. We're Profoundly Pointless on YouTube. Would love to hear what you guys think. What What are your favorite nuts? To me, you can't beat peanuts. Macadamia is very, very underrated, though. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.